What is is up, Washington Football Addicts, Washington Football Nation? It is your boys, Steve, Phil, and Dev. Back on Thursday night, October 28th, as we tonight going to talk about the Denver Broncos in week eight. Here we are. I guess you could call this the halfway point. Right, almost, almost a halfway point. It would have been the halfway point in the old, in the old, the old uh, week sixteen schedule. But now there's seventeen, so I guess you could say we're almost at the halfway point. So something to that effect. Something, something, something like that. So this is episode ninety-one. And for those of you who don't know, thank you for listening. And we're gonna open it up like we always do. Phil, go ahead and ded- dedicate the uh, the episode. Uh, I hate bringing up players who currently play for other teams, but it's not even close. It's Ryan Kerrigan, y'all. 91. He owns that number. If they ever, ever retire that number, it will be because of Kerrigan. Um, 95 and a half sacks. He's the franchise's all-time leading sack leader. Um, And he, until his last two seasons with the team, he was with the team from 2011 through 2020. Up through 2018, he never had a season with less than seven and a half sacks. Uh, he went four or five seasons over 10 sacks. It was in double digits. Very consistent. Um, he was never all world elite, but he was, he, he's Hall of Very Good. Like if there's a guy who defines Hall of Very Good, it's Ryan Kerrigan. He was very consistent. Um, you know, he didn't miss a game until. 2019, yeah, 2019 was the only time, was the first time he ever missed a game in his career. That's durability at defensive end and outside linebacker, which he was kind of playing out of position at 3-4. He was really a better hand in the dirt, the defensive end in a 4-3. But, uh, you know, you can't say, you know, anything really bad about the man. He was consistent. He was there. Yes, we bashed him for years because he had no moves. He just permanently implanted himself in the chest of a right tackle, but it worked enough for him to be the franchise leader in sacks. I mean, that says something. You got to look at the other two names on the top of the top three. Who are the other two names on that list? Well, one's Dexter Manley. The other one's Charles Mann. And he's someone who can be spoken of in the same breath and played about the same number of years too. So numbers don't lie. Ryan Kerrigan, Hall of Very Good. Very good. Very good dedication, Phil. Yeah, he, he was always what you need in the locker room, right? Locker room goes only so far. He was the best at getting held. I talked about this on my boy uh, Rio's live stream the other day. And Rio, thank you for joining us, bro. What it do, fellas? Welcome, Rio. Yeah, we talked about this on your show, actually. Uh, I, I jumped in in the comments. And yeah, he was he was great at being held. But um, we'll always love Ryan Kerrigan. He always did a lot of good things for this team and this franchise and the first round pick out of Purdue played great, very stalwart, but it was time to move on. Uh, he, you know, when he got signed at Philadelphia, I think it was for chump change. It was like $2 million or something. It wasn't even that much, but as such life goes on. And just like this show, we will go on. So first and foremost, let's talk about this jackety looking mofo, Mark Davis. So for those who don't know, the Raiders have been the subject of some, uh, we'll call it some scrutiny recently. Yeah, Rod's team? It is someone named Roddy Thomas's team, and they lost their coach. John Gruden got fired. But as of late, Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, had come out and demand that the NFL should release a written report uh, to the – Washington football team investigation that uh, concluded uh, earlier this year with uh, Beth Wilkinson. Excuse me. So, fellas, I just want to get your thoughts on what do you think about this is the first owner to come out to actually say, I want a report released. I would like to have a report release. So, and if you haven't already done so, I would encourage you guys to go listen to our friend Andy Burroughs' latest podcast where he had, he had Megan Embert on. It was a great show. I got I have to commend it. Uh, I'm almost done listening to it, not quite done yet, but it was just phenomenal. So if you haven't listened to it yet, please go give it a listen. It's very eye-opening as someone who worked directly for Larry Michael to hear that point of view. And it's not really about 
bashing Snyder. It's really just about transparency and, and letting everyone know what was on the record. And they've agreed to go off, you know, completely on the record. So go listen to it if you haven't listened to it again. But uh, yeah. So Dev, let's get let's get your thoughts. Let's talk about Mark Davis, man. What do you think about that report? They, you know, he's the first owner to come out and say release a report. I mean, okay. Uh, why don't you get a better haircut? We all have suggestions. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't know like what what the right answer is for that. I mean, go ahead, release the report. I don't care. You know, if there's something there, I think the report is either going to go two ways. It's either going to exonerate Dan or it's going to implicate everyone. That That's what's going to happen, right? It's not going to just be, Dan, oh, we found out Dan's a racist, misogynist, a homophobe. We're not going to find that stuff out. We're going to find out the entire league is. And I think I, there's a okay. Oh, you're not gonna find anything. There is a group of people that are saying release report for Dan Snyder, but as the voice of reasons here, I, I don't think that's what a lot of people going public are about. They're just about releasing the port so people can make their own opinions. Yes, there's a group of people saying fire Snyder, whatever, blah blah blah. But there's a group of people that are saying, how do you how do you go a you know a multi-million investigation with and it ends in nothing? I mean, there's an investigation when someone like you probably had an investigation when you got hurt on the job <laughs> and a report was produced, you know, how do you have this sort of investigation and there's nothing written whatsoever? I mean, the, the flake gate as said on Andy's podcast, it got a 250 page report tied to it for a football, for a piece of leather. So it just kind of makes or, you wonder, or they found nothing. Okay. Release it. So we can but, stop I mean, talking about gonna, this. What are you going to release? They found nothing because you got to think about it. This stuff happened. It already had happened, and they already done their whole thing before we found out about it. Like it was already legally a done deal. Yeah. So, so, so what I'm saying is, and then last year they did the Wilkerson report, and then they kicked out all the people who's responsible, and the owner set stepped aside, and I was blah 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 stuff that happened. And then a year later, we're talking about it. So. My only my only issue is is that why did anybody care about it till now? I think they did. This was almost two years ago. No one was saying release that report. Well, if you listen, report. if you listen to the podcast, Megan specifically comes out and said, How how could I be in a position to take on a multi-billion dollar person when I have no money? What what makes right. what what makes you think that I have I have the ability to do that? You know, I, sometimes there's strengthening the numbers. Yeah and, they, they, yeah. yeah. and they had to go around and find attorneys that would support them. And all they're asking for is just, just to release a report. It's not that it's just that simple. It, it's that simple. And you're right. Maybe you know, Jerry Jones says there's, he he's, he's perfectly fine with it. We've all seen the Jerry Jones pictures, right? You guys seen those pictures? Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, let's, let's hear your take. What do you got? Hey, Thomas Millens. Th thank you for joining, bro. Um, I'm going to start by saying this. Uh, if if they can legally release the report, by all means, do it. By all means, do it. Yeah. If there are things that legally hold that report up from being um, released. Now, you notice the ones who are vocal or the ones who are saying release it. Oh, I, I, I didn't ask for it to be redacted. How many, okay. how many victims were it? Was it? There, there, we don't know how many people they, here's the thing. We don't know how many people, people they talked to. There may be a lot of people in there who want a lot of things redacted for their own protection or whatever the case may be, or maybe they took part in some of these activities. We don't know. So you have to understand that there are protections for those who don't want to be associated with it as well. That being said, if you can release it and just heavily redact it, go for it. I don't care. Um, I think it would be a good thing. I think it would, because I really think that that report had it had more mustard on it as far as Dan Snyder itself, it would have been released. I truly believe that. Um, a lot of people say, oh, it's because the, the billionaires are protecting each other. Well, no one likes this particular billionaire. Mark Davis, though, why does he care now? He actually voted for Dan Snyder to get the debt waiver 
to buy out his minority owners. Yeah. He didn't have a problem with it then. That's true. But the minute that Dan Snyder leaks these emails, and we, no one's officially said it, but we all know. That's where the emails came from. It came from Dan Snyder with his lawsuit. Ta- with Tanya Taylor. Snyder said today that it wasn't them. Well, of course they're going to the, the plausible deniability, all right? Snyder himself didn't release it. Snyder's lawyers released it, or someone attached to their legal somebody else leaked it. And they create plausible deniability. It's how you do these things. But my thing is, is that we know why he cares. He signed John Gruden to a 10-year contract, and Gruden had to be fired. There was no way he was going to survive. Ownership in the stake and ownership of the team, too. I want to know if that's standing. Does he still have his whatever percentage in the Raiders ownership? That's a good question. Uh, But but that kind of brings you back to this point. The only reason he cares is because he was hurt by the fact he it was it was it was shrapnel from the bomb that Snyder was releasing really to go after Bruce Allen. And it's funny because the See, fact who, that Bruce who's coming Allen with is, me, who's coming with me. Yeah. And the fact that Bruce Allen actually, because John Gruden is active, active head coach and is really well known. And Bruce Allen isn't known outside of Washington. No one's really looked and said, God, Bruce Allen really was a tremendous asshole because he was taking part in these That's, conversations with John Gruden. It is, yeah. This is the this is the weird thing about the whole situation is, is that I think I've shared it with you guys, is that there the list is long of guys that's played or coached at Washington or worked there that hate Washington. You know what I'm saying? Like that hate the coaching staff, hate the GM. I mean, Gillette. Deion Sanders, the list goes up. Swearinger, Sean Gilbert, Haynesworth. There's like a laundry list of people who have had. You know, the interesting is, is that a lot of those players, their complaints. One complained that we did not practice hard enough. Man, no, no, it ain't even even about. It ain't even about that. The other one complained. The other one complained that it was too strict of a culture. It's like you can't win for losing with with players. You're never going to have. My problem there is there are players is, out there who probably don't like Joe Gibbs. Yeah, but my problem is is that no one that's when people complain. Junior Gillette, that's when people complain about coaches, GMs, staff, media. No one's ever said in history that I've seen on record say that Dan Slider's a racist, homophobe, or a bigot or 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 anything of that nature. That's why I'm kind of like, maybe there's nothing. Directly, yeah, but sh- that shouldn't, that shouldn't the people know how bad it was? Not even talking about Dan Snyder. I, but they've already, have- they've already gone to court over it and done all their litigations over it. So people already know how bad he was. They all knew how bad he no, was no, no, before no. this Not year. Dan, shouldn't we know exactly how bad the organization really was? I think we know. Do we? According Maybe to. Not- to- no, nothing there. We we don't know because there was no report. So we don't man, know. We, we, we was talking about that cheerleader incident almost two years ago, man. How bad yeah, it was. Yeah, it would be uh, from the Watch the Post story. Yep. Thomas right, that says, seems to be, as of right now, the worst of it is the cheerleader stuff. No, and, there's, and that wasn't rape. It was clearly harassment and clearly some kind of abuse. Clearly. I mean, you know if, you listen, if you listen but, to the podcast, Megan was a, she worked, she did film. She did uh-huh. the film stuff for, for Larry Allen and... <clears throat> When she talks Larry about Michael. The, excuse me, Larry Michael. Larry Allen was just busting with cocaine in his trunk. Oh, the big lineman, right? The stuff that they were directed to do is appalling. Like, you wow. got to hear it. I, form your own opinion. Thomas Millen says there are a lot of former female employees who are pushing hard for this to come out, and rightfully so that it should. He also says that he just wants to pay. He just wants others to pay as well to benefit this his team since he already had his dream coach. Finally, he's just met at this point. That's kind of what Phil said. I think he agreed. Um with your sentiment, and he goes, I don't know. Bruce Allen seemed to play more of an outside role than previously believed. Mr. Wonder, Editor, yeah. What's the what's it. the what's the end game here, though? What are you hoping you find? If you're if you're if you're if you're hoping to find something, what are you hoping to find? Because let's let's be real honest. This guy's weird. He doesn't even have an email. You're not going to find any emails from Dan. You're not. I'm going not. To find you keep going back to Dan. I don't yeah. care about Dan. I just want to read but, the report. I want to know how seems, bad it really no, was. I, but I it seems that, like that's where the mob is aiming at Dan. Okay, though. I can't speak for that, but you're you're probably right. right. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. I know it's the, the Washington <laughs> football team all together, but it seems like they're hoping they find something on the team that will force Dan out. 
But I'm like, you're only going to find, only way Dan's getting out of there is if you find like a Donald Sterling type video. Yeah, you're not going to find that. It would have to be something crazy and you're not going to find it. So I'm like, what are you, what are you going to get out of finding out all the information that you already know? That they're sleazeballs, they're terrible ownership, they treated women, men, gays, black people, horrible. We already knew this stuff. So what are you hoping to find or do after you find something? Are they going to Ray Rice them? Are they going to replenish them once we get the the the, uh, the evidence that they already seen? Is, is, that, is that what they're hoping happens? I mean, it's what's going to happen? It's an we, assumption. Until we see a report, we can only assume what's in there, right? We, but, we don't know. But, but what's the worst thing in there you can find that what what they're going to do that that what's the worst thing they're going to find in there that we don't know about? To be honest, let's be honest. They hate the guy. If they found something directly aimed at Dan, they would have already let you know this. I think, unless yeah. unless everyone is in cahoots, that 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 is like what if that if they release it, which I hope they do. If they do, I hope that's what we find. Like yeah. I hope it's just not Dan. That would be fucking crazy. Thomas like, says um, the females would be compensated. The truth would be out, so we can finally move on from all this BS. Any other coaches or owners would be exposed for previous endeavors. Some of the yeah. ladies were already compensated. A good number of them were. Yeah, already a, a lot of them were not. A lot of them were not. A lot of them declined it. Yeah, and some right. said they didn't want any money because they just wanted it to be out on the record. So, right. I think that's a troubling good thing for them. They have integrity. Yeah, but they do. Man, I, I, you know, I think that in a way, but if somebody offered me enough fucking integrity, bro, like you, can't, it's hard to tell a broke person. And I don't mean, I mean like working broke. Like we're we we don't we're not broke, but. Compared to Dan Snyder, I'm broke as fuck. You know what I'm saying? So you can't tell me if somebody like I'll be honest here. If Dan Snyder was like call me the N word, man, I'd be like, man, it's fucked up. I'm gonna tell everybody. Well, here's a million dollars not to. I probably wouldn't say shit. You know what I mean? And and that, and that sucks, dude. But it's, it's true. You can't hate on a dude for not busting nobody out. Now, now, if you're getting sexually assaulted, at some point you got to say victim number two. At yeah, but they had they had say, no hey, man, HR. Gotta... They had zero HR systems in place to report right. any sort of even the slightest mis you know infraction. And, th- and that's by design, I bet. No, I don't um, even think it's by design. I think you give Dan too much credit. I think Dan trusted only a handful of people because he's that kind of guy. He's a real small circle kind of guy. I think, he has, I think he has a social anxiety disorder or something. Well, he does. He does. That, that, that we know. But he he's a very small circle kind of guy, and he trusted his people to do the right things and let them do it because he wanted to enjoy being a billionaire. Yeah. And it didn't work out. And, and you can see it in the football side of things, so you can obviously see how that would happen on the – administrative side of things too remember this is a guy who basically except for one season in his first 12 years of ownership i'm sorry you know, in his first 12 years of ownership except for two seasons i should say had vinnie serato running football operations for this team yeah failed i don't know how awful that went right so well fellas we got to move on we talked way too long about this because we're passionate yeah, it's a good topic but before we move on we got a lot to talk to talk about i gotta i gotta show one thing and when I play this, I just need you guys to make sure that you um, <clears throat> give me a thumbs up that you can actually see the screen. Just before we go forward, excuse me one second. Where is it? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, I'm looking at the injury report. Yep. That's for the next. See. Hold on. Here it is. Let me. I'm Spoiler gonna share. Alert. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. Now you know what's coming up. Fools. I've been flipping back and forth to the Knicks game. We're busting that ass right now. Are you? Not really. Sorry. We're up to We're up some two points. Technical difficulties here, guys. Of course, you had to, it was working fine before the day on show started. I mean, I hate, I hate it. I hate it. I, I hate it. I hate it. Anyways, I had okay, here we go. Oh, just so slow. When I play this, just let me know that you can hear the sound. Because we we have to we have to talk about this. Ready? <clears throat> Can't hear the nope. sound. No, no okay. sound. No sound. Well, that's a that's a fail. Anyways, Dev, what it was is you making a promise that if we lost the shotguns, you would do a multitude of things in our Facebook group. <laughs> oh, so snap. I, I can't I can't not let that go. I was uh, banned. I, mean, I was banned. 
No. Hold on. What did I say I was going to do? You said you multiple things. You said you talked about whether you you'd have to wear a sign that said Aaron Rodgers is my daddy. You mentioned a potential. Uh, well, Phil said Aaron Rodgers owns me, and you're like, fuck that. Nobody owns me. Nah, yeah, nobody <laughs> owns me. Nah. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I feel you on that one. Let's try this one more time because it's it's funny, man. I I want to be able to hear. Oh. I hope if it doesn't work, we'll just move on. No, because it's coming through my speaker, so that's okay. Yeah, I, hey that's man, okay. no evidence, no crime, bro. Bye 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 bye. Don't release it. Don't release the evidence, bro. I will release it. Don't release the evidence. Already done. I'm pulling Dan Snyder, bro. I'm pulling Dan Snyder. Do not release the evidence, man. It did not happen. The clip will be on Twitter after this, and we will hold you hey, accountable. So hey, let's Thomas, move on to the next topic. I'll, I'll make a sign. I forgot what it is, too, but I'll go back and listen, and I'll do it on spot yeah. the next game. I think Bruce and Jerry were talking. I think you are the only one on Facebook right now. It's okay. Slow week. Football game on. All right. Should the Washington football team make any moves before the trade deadline? Uh, there's a lot been a, been some different talks about people on the trade, trade block. We heard Tua. Obviously, we know about um, Deshaun Watson being being out there floating. There's also other names, <clears throat> Emmanuel Ogba from the defensive end from the from the, uh, the 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 Dolphins. Melvin Gordon, the running back from the Broncos, has been out there. Kyle Fuller, cornerback from the Broncos. Uh, LJ Collier from the Seahawks. Melvin Ingram, the uh, edge rusher for the Steelers. Jamison Crowder from the Jets. Uh, Nick Foles from the Bears. They already got Andy Dalton in front of a. Uh, in front of him and behind Justin Fields and Derek Barnett from the Eagles, Will Fuller from the Dolphins. So with that being said, fellas, do you think we should make a move? And let's be quick about this before the deadline and to include shopping any of our own people. Uh, Phil, go ahead. Who? And what are you going to give up? That's, that's the thing is that, you know, are you really going to, what are you going to give up and who's out there that you're going to get that you really think is a, such a superior improvement for our team and plays well in the schemes that we run? Yeah, that's uh, a good question. I can't think of anyone. And a lot of times people who make these moves, like in, like, you know, this in baseball field, it's the teams that need to make this depth move to go on a run. Like they're going to, they're making a push. It does, but do, we don't even need to make a depth move. We may need to make a starter move. We right. So uh, I'm with you. I don't think we. The, I mean, we. I would consider getting rid of Sheriff. He hasn't been here for much of the season, anyways. If you could unload him for something, and he's just gone because we're not going to pay him next year. That's a good. I really, I really feel like we are missing the boat and not trying to trade Sheriff. I really do. Well, I think well, that we, you're, we not going to get, you're not going to get a first round pick for him. All right. Let's you get let's a third you get a third round that. compensatory pick though. You can get a second and maybe a fourth or something like that. You could probably drive the price. If you can get two teams into a bidding war, you can probably get to a second and a fourth. Something like that. But you're not getting a first for him. You're definitely you're getting got, not getting multiple high round picks. Thomas Millen says, Don't go for Houston. I'm I'm assuming you're saying Deshaun Watson. That's the last thing outside of football. We need with everything going on right now. Yes, the optics of that move would be very bad in our current state of affairs. Even Tua is eh. We have that in Heineke. I think Tua has a better arm than Heineke. Clearly not as good with the legs. So I, I think there's comparisons, but I don't know. That's that's a great point. Deb, what do you think? Should we make a move or not? Yeah, I I would trade sure. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yep, I would I would trade sheriff. Yeah, too. I would I would trade sheriff. I would I mean, if you don't trade him, you're gonna get a, like a third round compensatory pick. Uh, yeah, I would trade regardless. and maybe pick up a and maybe pick up another linebacker or a. Uh, well, I would I would maybe trade him for a veteran defensive end to kind of go in a rotation with Sweat and Young. Uh, maybe pick up a receiver. Hey, Odell Beckham's supposed to get traded too. Sheriff Odell Beckham. Yeah, he's a little. Yeah, Odell's great, great ability, but he's just coming off of ACL. I would personally, I would give up two first and Sheriff for uh, Watson right now if they want to do it. I mean, Lord knows we need we need a quarterback. We and I would do. do it. What worse could happen, man? Like, what's the worst publicity we could get? How much worse could it be, man? Right, it, you can't all get cases are, right. All his cases are civil. Worst case is going to sit out this year, anyways. Sheriff's sitting out yeah. this year, basically, anyways, too. So. I mean, I'll, and you would have him for four more years or whatever. I would do it. He has a yep. no trade clause, which is fucking dumb. By Houston. It is dumb. 
Thomas Midland says, yep, we need a vet middle linebacker. That's smart. That's true. We do. All right. I'm rolling, well, I'm rolling, I'm rolling with the Kentucky boy middle linebacker, though. Jamin Davis. He's He's got a build. He was he did some good hustling last week. So on to week eight, we have the Mile High Club from the Denver Broncos. On Sunday, it's actually a late game out here. Not late game. We'll call it a afternoon game. Four twenty-five, I think kickoff is. That's a sick joke doing that on Halloween, especially with us with kids. Man, what are they? What are they doing? We're not gonna be able to, you know continue to watch this game because I'm going to be taking my kids trick-or-treating, but I digress. So let's talk about the Denver Broncos, fellas. We're rolling into this season, this, excuse me, this week as, what are we, two and five? They are sitting at three and four. So what we're going to do is just bring up some of their numbers and let's talk about the, who are the 2021 Broncos. So when we start with that, Phil, just go ahead and give me your quick thoughts before we pull up the, uh, the numbers. Who I think the 2020 Bron- 2021 Broncos are an enigma because part of me thinks they should be way worse than three and four, and part of me thinks they should be well better than three and four. Um, and that's the weird thing about the Broncos is that they have pieces of really good talent, and then they have pieces that are just average or subpar. And I don't know. It's like they can't consistently make it come together into something consistent. Uh, there's nothing, no consistency with the Broncos. And that's now the you don't, you don't know. No, we're consistently just like finding new ways to lose. Whereas the Broncos, one game, you look at this team, you're like, man, where did they come from out of nowhere? And another time you look at this team, you go, man. These guys are still way far away from building anything resembling a contender. So it's hard to get a read on the Broncos because you don't know which team's going to show up that day. That's true. You don't. They're so inconsistent. And you know, Phil knows this. Dev knows this. I think Phil and I were both interested in the Teddy Bridgewater move if it was going to happen. If we if if it was going to be allowed to happen anyways in the offseason as a quarterback. So let's just go ahead and scroll through and look at the Denver Denver Broncos stats. So they're three. Oh no, I wanted I wanted some Teddy Bridgewater on this team. We like Teddy B. So let's talk about their defense. Their defense is definitely the strong suit this year. I think it's plain to see. Just look at those ranks. Their offense is just like ours, actually a little better. 24th for points four, 22 for yards, yards total gain. That defense, though, fourth for points allowed, fifth for total yards. They don't turn the, they don't get turnovers. So they're sitting at twenty fourth in the league, but just yards and points. That's kind of been our whole struggle these last I don't know how many weeks. How many weeks have we been struggling to do this to get to get better? But you know, so we'll see. All right, so that's the, their defense is the strong suit. I, I do want to point that out, and let's look at who they played. So they played the Giants, who they won. Jacksonville Jaguars, they won 23 to 13. The Jets, they shellacked 26 to 0. Ravens, they lost 7 to 23. Steelers, they lost 1927. Raiders, they lost 34-24. The Browns, they lost 14 to 17 in a close one. So they beat the teams they were supposed to beat, and they probably lost a couple games that they were supposed to lose. So they're they're they seem to be like a pretty, pretty decent team if you just go off who they played in their opponents. And then there's the Washington football team. They, uh, we shall see. We are playing them in Denver. So I, I always think that playing in Denver is a disadvantage because if you've ever been out there, the altitude sucks. It is a real thing. The altitude Thin is a air. real thing. Thin Inner air, air, vehicles, everything. The performance is, it's rough. Their um, third down percentage conversions is 32%. That's not very good. And they're, Defensive, um, they're so they're ranked twenty seventh on offense and defense on third down conversion. So, their defense is sitting at forty five percent. Their offense is sitting at thirty one point eight. So let's look at Teddy Bridgewater stats. Actually, he's got some nice, pretty darn stats. good. You know, he's always been a semi conservative guy, but they're they're pretty darn good. You know, it's seventeen hundred yards, seventy percent. That's a big that's a big deal. He's very accurate. Twelve touchdowns, five interceptions, and he's been sacked. 18 times, which is, you know, that's a pretty good amount to be sacked over eight games. And let's also keep in mind, 
Denver's biggest weapon in the passing game is a tight end. end. Mr. Noah Fant from Iowa. 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 That sounds like an Iowa name. Him and TJ Hawkinson both came out from the same school at the same time. Yeah, and Phil kind of jumped the gun, but yeah, Noah Fant. That's who I'm worried about. Melvin Gordon, we just talked about him wanting, 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 um, possibly on the trade block out of out of Denver, but you know they're running their ability to run the ball is okay. I think they were ranked in the twentieth, twenty third, something like that for total yards running. But it looks like we have two running backs to worry about. To worry about, they're yeah, Javante backup. Williams. Javante Williams is not bad. He's he's actually very Melvin Gordon esque with his production. Um, the two of them are, are, are kind of neck and neck. The only reason is that Melvin Gordon gets slightly more snaps than Williams, but both have very similar production. Um, and they both contribute to passing game. Same can be said, you know, if you look, it's right there. The first three receivers you see, Cortland Sutton, Noah, Noah Fant, Tim Patrick. There's two starting wide receivers and tight end. Also, uh, you know, all consistent, you know, Produce, you know, this consistent in producing in the passing game, along with their running backs. Uh, Gordon, we know he can play, make catches at the backfield, and we've learned that about Javante Williams too. Yep, Corbin Sutton, like you said, 30, 38 catches, only two touchdowns. The touchdowns seem to be spread out amongst the the whole receiving core, but he's clearly going to be the number one, <clears throat> the number one threat on the receiving end from the wide receiver perspective. But uh, I'm worried about the the uh the tight end Noah fan just because of our history with tight ends. So they you know they the matchup is okay when you look at offense offense the defense versus our offense is probably where it's gonna get us if you just go through the numbers. Let's see what we got here. T Ho, what's up? How you what's doing? Up, Thank, thanks for joining. Thanks for joining. And yeah we we will get to that in just a second talking about Von Miller. Um, I do have some questions for anyone to join because we'll go over the injury report here in just a second. But yeah, this is the 2021 Broncos. This is who we're going to see. There is no uh, legendary Matt Prater at, at kicking anymore. They have Brandon McManus, but you know that ball travels not far. Bad himself. Who is not bad? That ball travels far in Denver. We talked about the altitude being a factor. I believe um, Matt Prater makes some 60-yard bomb like it was nothing on the regular out there. Let's he look still at their, owns the record, longest field goal in NFL history. He does. So let's look at their defense. Yards. The defense is the strength of this team. So they only have four interceptions as a as a full defensive unit. I thought the Ravens broke that record this year, though. They did. No, the Ravens The Ravens kicker did. He, uh, he did break it. That was like two weeks ago. Bounced off the cross. Uh, Went right well, in. I missed that. Okay. Yeah. And four interceptions. Now, Von Miller is leading the team in sacks. Let's go ahead and adjust the sack totals here. Four and a half sacks for Von Miller, and then the rest are sitting about twos and ones and half. So I think they're just a well, well-coached defensive team. And Von Miller's definitely aging. He's 32. He's still very capable. He started all seven games. But I know that there is – he hasn't practiced all week, and we'll talk about the injury report here in a second. So this is the defense that we're going to be facing. I, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on any of these players outside of Von Miller. Um, oh, let me pull up my list so I can see it a little bit better uh, here. Pro football reference in my cell phone do not get along very well because of all the pop-ups and everything. Oh, yeah, Spam City. I'm going to tell you, leaves more cookies out here than uh, Santa's stomach after Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's nobody, I will say this, you know, kind of just looking through, there's nobody out there I'm really particularly worried about. Although, I will say this, they do have Ronald Darby. I was just about to say that. We're going to see old Ronald Darby again. And uh, Patrick Sertain um, who... He does have six passes defense this year. Not a bad guy. I know he was a guy who was actually linked to us in several mock drafts early on was a certain as a possible pickup. So I'm very interested to see their secondary against our receivers because that's going to be a key. Um, 
because they are strong in the defensive backfield. Darby and Sertain uh, are both very good. We saw what Darby did last year. Um, and while he doesn't have the inter- any interceptions this season, he is defending passes, you know, and he's playing consistently. I have seen that out of him. Uh, you know, so yeah. Tio says he's not scared of Darby Allen. Well, Darby Allen will be on uh, um, Wednesday nights on AEW Dynamite. But Ronald yeah. Darby will be playing cornerback for the uh, Denver Broncos. So. Tio says the Broncos linebacker core is bad. <clears throat> so it's time to run the ball because their run blocking is very bad. Well, that's a problem because we don't run the ball. So we shall see how. But given how it that the strength works. that it's a secondary, I would love to see us pick this game. If you're in an, an atmosphere like Denver, and when I say atmosphere, I'm talking about the thickness of the air. Running the ball is a great way to keep your defense fresh. So they're not constantly going on these, you know, on the field, huffing and puffing, trying to draw air in. Um, there is something about when you're imposing your will physically on another team that makes it easier for you physically to survive in what are, you know, some pretty harsh conditions if you're an athlete. Yeah. And Tio asked, what players did the Broncos just signed? I heard they signed another linebacker because the linebackers, their starting linebackers are out with injuries. So on the transaction report, they signed a linebacker on the 23rd, Curtis Robinson, to the practice squad. And on the 22nd, they signed another linebacker, Barrington Wade, to the practice squad. And they did get another linebacker, Jonas Griffith, from the injured reserve. Who, so, who, who? Who, yeah. Don't know who, don't know who, don't know who. None of these names are big names, so we'll see here's my question we're gonna you want to talk injury report now because i got a question for yeah let's go let's go let's go so once again we have multiple receivers either not practicing or very limited where's kelvin Harmon? they cut him last week i thought didn't they they brought him back on the practice squad didn't they i don't know i'd have to go back and check the transaction list we probably should I'm do that. Pretty sure. Well, we probably should. He's. I'm seeing him still listed on. Wait, here we go. While we're doing that, I'll bring up. I'll bring up the injury report. Yeah, no, no, Kelvin Harmon. I mean, he hasn't done anything this year, by the way. Even even when he was on the team, you know, we didn't get much much burn with him being. In position, but we got burned with him on his first season playing under you know <laughs> pretty random circumstances. Um, I would so, just love to see him get get a chance. You know, he's a big receiver. He he's looks strong coming back. I would love to see him get that chance. It's not like yeah. uh, we have too many great options out there right now with all these guys who are you know hurt. I mean, look. Deami Brown did not practice. Curtis Samuel yeah. did not practice. Cam Sims limited. Those um, DMPs on a Thursday usually end up in a unavailable a on Sunday. Yep. Yes. So, so for the for the for the the audio crowd, Deami Brown didn't practice today. Sam Cosby didn't practice today. Curtis Samuel didn't practice today. Limited. Schweitzer, Gibson, Jackson, Sheriff, Sims, full participants. Terry. Danny Johnson, Chase Sternberger. Let's look at the Broncos injury report for Thursday. Von Miller did not practice. Mike Purcell, very stout defensive lineman, didn't practice. Jamar Johnson didn't practice. And they had, uh, we'll just go over the limiteds, Malik Reed, linebacker, and everyone else on the injury report practiced. So we're clearly losing the injury battle. And I honestly think that and then the, some of our reasons of struggling on offense is I think the offense revolved or not revolved, but involved Logan Thomas more than we thought. And I thought Ricky Seal Jones would be able to pick up replacement, but he, he's great. He don't get me wrong. He's good. He just, he's not Logan Thomas. And look, I got the shirt to prove it. Bam! <laughs> Logan, Thomas. Logan fucking Thomas. So yeah, that's the injury report. 
Oh, he'll be back I, by the Dallas game. You can wear it then. Yes, I will wear this on December first, second week of December. I'll be wearing that. Feeling our like our offense will be a whole lot better with uh, <laughs> Curtis Samuel and uh, and Logan Thomas in it. It would, it be, would be the 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 it would be. Tio says, "Uh, we have to keep Danny Johnson out of the field." I think it's a man. Guys. We got to keep he, off the field. I'll tell you what. I mean, he's not bad in a reserve role. He tackled. I love his tackling. That's yeah. one thing I'll give him. He's not a great pass defender because he just doesn't have the time under him and the experience. But his tackling is by he far got the best in that secondary. He got I beat like a stick. Multiple dudes. He got beat uh, like a dick in San Quentin doing twenty five years. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, but you know what? Did you see him? In, did you see him in flat coverage? When he was coming up on when he was coming up on defenders, he did. He did the same thing that I like that Landon Collins does. He doesn't wait for the ball carrier to make the first move. He makes the he makes the first move and he forces the ball carrier to abandon whatever plan they had. Yeah. And Tio Logan is out. I want to say he'll be back after the bye week. He yeah, could probably he, he could probably this come is back. His last but, week on three week yeah. IR. So and then I we think have we'll a bye week. So he should be really good to go after the bye week. Yeah. All right, fellas. So Let's look at this from from multiple perspectives. What's the key to a Denver victory? And then what's the key? Let's go around the home with Denver first. Dev, what's the key for Denver to win this game? Not turn the ball over. Show up. No, I, not, I not really turn the ball over. I think their offense, I don't think the receivers going to play we said, right? I don't think the best um <clears throat> Two receivers, Hamlin or what's the name's playing, right? No, uh, Cortland Sutton is playing, and so is uh Patrick. So well, Hamlin ain't playing. Hamlin's like the second guy, right? He just isn't playing. Yeah. So I <laughs> like I don't really know if Denver has enough bullets in the gun. I think this is a game. Who's what's the what's the odds? I'll tell you right now. Redskins Hub, thank you for joining us as we spit out the odds here real quick. For Man, Tion, nobody's trying to run about Gibson's fumbling ass, man. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I, I don't want to admit it, but, man, he, he does keep fumbling. So the place where I lay my bets, mybookie.ag, if you're listening, we'd love a plug. It is Denver by three. So it is a home game for Denver. So in reality, you can say to pick them. Pick them, yeah. To pick them, uh. which is interesting. Yep, T Hill's like we do need Logan and Curtis for the Bucks. We do. We need extreme luck for the Bucks. We need Tom Brady to get sick for the Bucks. Yeah, we need COVID uh, out of yes. <laughs> Tom Brady would get Tom Brady would get COVID, Ebola, and uh, you know the Sorry. Asian flu. No offense, Mercy. to you. Yeah. And would would still be allowed to go out there because the league would cover it up completely. Yep. Phil, what's the key to a Denver victory from, from a Denver perspective? Okay. So you said Denver only has four turnovers forced on defense. This Four uh, interceptions. Four interceptions. Um, so Green Bay had not stopped the team in the red zone scoring a touchdown last week. And, well, they did it three times to us. Uh, first time all season. So I imagine if they have four interceptions all season – I'll say they'll have three in this game. That should be their goal is to try to get right on the pass defense, on the pass defense, the passing game turnovers, and force us into making turnovers. That's going to be their key to the game is forcing us to make mistakes. Yep. Thomas says, Thomas Millen from Facebook says, Heineke has zero turnovers. Defense plays at least mediocre. Blue, it gets another shot at a field goal, and it doesn't get blocked. And it goes in. That would be nice. <clears throat> that would be nice. So for me, Denver wins this. Uh, we, we've seen the formula. I would say put a spy on Heineke and force him to sit in the pocket. And that's not his strong suite, his strong, his strength. And that's how you that's how you beat this offense. The defense, if you can get the ball out quick, seems to be our nemesis because the defense, the front, the defensive front can't get to the quarterback fast enough, and we're just not covering. So that's a key to a Denver victory. Now, Dev, key to a Washington victory. How can Washington win this game? Uh, man, I guess basically the same answer. Don't turn it over. Uh, control. Start ahead. Uh, instead of, you know, 
Maybe this time if we win the, the coin flip, accept the ball first, don't send the defense out first, mm -hmm. uh, dictate the uh, how the game starts, uh, and score first, I think that's going to go a long way. So, uh, we've been playing from behind every game but one. You're right. And then all you, and then you're just relegated to freaking passing the ball. Right. There's no balance. There's no balance. Right. Uh, so yeah. I'd like for us to get a, a jump on them early. Maybe uh, if we do have to start on defense, stop them from scoring on the first possession for the first that's time fair. or second time. We're going to have done yep. it once all year. So. Fair, fair, fair. Phil, keys to a Washington victory. I'm going to say it again until we do it. Run the ball. Run the ball. And if anyone says that McKissick should start over uh, Gibson, lay off the weed. It's a horrible, horrible thing for you. T.O. says McKissick should start over, start well, over Gibson. He should. He should, man. No, Dev does too. Why? Because he fumbles. That's why. He drops McKissick, passes. That's why. McKissick only does well. His stats only look good because we run the ball on passing downs, and it's third and ten, and we run the ball with a draw yeah. with him, and he gets no, six nobody, yards. Nobody said that. Oh, don't. my God. He averages six yards a carry. Well, that's nobody. because of the fact that he's running draw plays on third and ten. Calm down, man. Nobody said you had to not play Gibson. I'm just saying don't start him. You can coach you can coach Gibson's fumbling problems. Just tell him to stop trying to drive man, in the piles. That's he's not doing it for, he's doing it for two years, man. He didn't do two it years. like that last year. Man, he only lost all of them, but he only lost two. But he fumbled. Found a bunch of them out of bounds. He's a fumbler, man. Yeah, but I'm I mean, this is what he is. It, he okay, he's a fumbler, and McKissick is not effective. As a full-time running back, so we saw that last year. We saw that last year when Gibson went out and McKissick was in. We had no running game. You don't have to. You don't have to run him more than Gibson. You don't have to. You don't have to give him more snaps. Then than what's Gibson. the point of I'm saying, saying don't start Gibson if you're not going to give hey, Gibson it's the princi- majority of the carries? There's principles. There's principalities in this man. Derrick Rose to Derrick Rose to get thirty-seven minutes a game off the bench, man. Don't big worm me on this one, man. It ain't gonna work. His no. long ass dreads now. Now, hey, we beating them. We beating them bulls right now too. By the way, <laughs> here's here's the thing. Why are we not giving Cherry Patterson a better look? Yeah, it's a good point. He's he not better than either one of those guys. That's he's why. a more physical back than either one of those guys, and we need Still a physical better. back. Still not better. Thomas Miller made a good question. Have we not scored first? I don't know, but one I, time. I feel it one feels time like Atlanta. One I time. I think Atlanta's yeah. on one. That's pathetic. That's pathetic. Pathetico. Pathetico. Um, so for me, keys to a Washington victory, I would say it's it's got to be linked into drive sustainment. These quick little, you know, the defense is clearly going to probably going to be on the field a lot because that's what they are. We have to sustain a drive. These three and outs, these maybe two series and outs, it's just you, you can't win that way. Sustain a drive, Scott. Call call the plays that you know. Just get them past the sticks. If we can get, if Gibson can get us to second and five, we're golden. It's just, that, and I don't like these third and short, fourth and fourth and short plays. And we're throwing the ball super deep. Why? I've seen that so much this year, on a third and short or fourth and short, and we're throwing long to Terry. Un- unnecessary, totally unnecessary. And stop sneaking the Heineke up the middle. Is it doesn't work? Stop. He's 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 two two twenty five two twenty five eleven. It doesn't work. Stop. He's Please stop. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Let's let's. The big the big thing is that I like that when we're that we're taking shots. We're taking shots at weird times. Going deep is something you should do on like second and eleven. Yeah. Or unless it just breaks. Or second wide. and short. Second and short. Take your chance. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, second yeah. and short. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking my my brain went uh, somewhere else on that. I knew what you meant. Second, you meant. Yeah, second and short. You go. You go deep. That's when you draw it up intentionally to go deep. So that's when you should be doing it. We do it weird times, or you do it when you've been consistently running, 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 running. And now it's first down again. You've been effective. You've got a couple first downs on the drive from the run game. Then you run play action and go deep. Yeah. All right. This is, and everybody, it's funny because I hear so many people say that our offense is somehow 
running in like a 1981 style. No, it's not. Because if it was, it would do all these things that I'm asking for. Because everything I'm saying is is very steep in traditional football fundamentals that are still used to this day. We don't do that. We try to reinvent the wheel on offense. And it bothers me because it's like there are times when you can innovate and there are times when there's a reason why something that's tried and true is tried and true. Yeah. Unnecessary, right? Don't, you don't gotta, don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Thomas Millen says, let Gibson get through his rough patch. Like the whole defense, he's all right. Yeah, there's, I think that was kind of like what Phil was saying. Keep, keep giving him the ball. He does have the shin splints. He's battling through like T.O. Sam. He ain't got the hands on the ball. He's limited. Yeah. hands on the ball, man. It's at the worst timing too. Worst timing. Oh man. It's just you, you want you you want something that's interesting. We did can have several several sustained drives that looked really good against the Packers, and then we go and just do the most mind numbing shit. Yeah, it's like we did that. We did in that in the red zone. Oh, uh, like like not diving in zone or or, McKiss- <laughs> no. or McLaurin not catching a ball. He catches a hundred times out of hundred. This is first bone, drop of the year too. Bone bone headed plays. Boneheaded plays. It's, well, I don't get it. I don't. I don't get. This is the same guy who not going for field goals. The entire times. legend of Taylor Heineke is predicated on him goals. diving towards the end zone in the face of defenders. Here he has an opportunity to do it again, and he just crumples into a little ball like a roly poly bug. Like, please Short. don't hurt me, Mister Defender. I don't want to get hurt. I really wonder if. Heineke's lost some of his nerve. Perhaps Why did I, he do that? I wonder if it's like Chase where he's just he's trying too hard. That was not trying too hard. That was not no, like like over hard. overthinking. You're like you think you're overthinking something that should be just so simple. Just run the ball in. So to me, that tells me that they're telling him, don't get hit. Do not get hit under no circumstances. Don't get hit. Therefore, I will dive a foot short of the goal line. With no one around me, just because. Uh, Tio said we signed two more running backs. I don't know if we did sign two more. I'm looking at the we might work some out. transactions, and we've signed no running backs. I see zero running backs. We signed Anthony Hines, linebacker, to the practice squad. We signed AGG up to the active roster and elevated Keith Israel Ismail up from the to the active roster as well. And we signed Kelvin Harmon back to the practice squad on the twentieth. So that's kind of all the transactions. So I don't, I don't think we we signed anyone. But fellas, here we are. Score predictions. So for all, all three people watching this, give me your score predictions, and then we're going to go ahead and log these because we still have yet to get anyone to pick score close. So. Denver Broncos versus the Washington football team, 425 on Sunday. Denver's favored by three. Dev, what is your score prediction? Uh, 28-25 Washington. 28-25 Washington football team. Okay. Phil. 27-26 Washington football team. 7-26 Washington football team. Ooh, so we have two. So Phil or Dev is 28-25. Phil is 27-26. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say nah, I'm gonna say 31-27 Denver. That's what I'm gonna say. All right, let's look in, let's look in the crowd. Who we got? Antonio Brown, thank you for joining us, brother. Thank you for joining us. He feel I feel like after Gibson runs a play, his whole motive is shot. Like effort just spirals down, or is that just me? It's just you because he fumbles when he's trying to make something happen out of nothing, like driving, trying to drive a pile when he could just put two arms on the ball and just, just, just take the hit. You know, he tries. Here's the thing: one, I love the fact that Gibson always finishes runs moving forward. He does his best when he's slicing between defenders. And if someone takes him down or taking them down by hitting them in the knee or in, the, in uh, hitting them by the ankle, and they're taking them down that way. But he always finishes runs going forward. I like that about Gibson. 
but he try he wants to be Adrian Peterson so bad. He wants to truck dudes. He, he wants does. to be Derrick Henry. He wants to run over people. <clears throat> He's not that guy. And someone needs to grab him and say, "You're not that dude. Stop trying to do it." Because that's when most of his fumbles have happened, except for the the Chargers game, which the dude got him from behind and punched the ball out. All of his fumbles are him trying to make something out of nothing or make something more out of what's going on. I don't fault him for effort. I fault him for style, method. That's fair. Fair enough. Okay. Who else we got? Tiho, you're saying my score prediction is 30 to 17 Washington football team. Okay. Really? That's a bold move, Cotton. Washington football team. T-O. Hey, we got Antonio Brown. Drop that score prediction. We get a chance. Uh, he says, if the defense can hold Teddy to 17 points, I would be happy. I want the defense to get some picks. That's right. Cordero. It's our boy, Shotguns. Oh, Shotguns, the Packers fan. Yep. Feel free to rub it in our face. Hey, I will what not was that bet? Anything. What was that I bet I owed you, uh, Anything? His team's playing right now, so we can't watch. So, no, 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 no. We, we will. Hey, man, we, I tried. We'll go at I'm, this I'm, again. Unlike Dan Snyder and the commissioner, I tried to get the evidence out there, but it seemed like it's, it's okay. a close case. It's not a close case because instead of just sharing my screen, I'm going to go ahead and when this does come through, I'm just going to share the video file because I really want people to what? understand and, and hear the actual. Oh, Look, look at this. It's like Jeffrey on Tango, man. Listen, telling on y'all pick it. I will send you the sign. We got 24. 24. Yeah, technology, man. It's just nah, not going to work. No, nah, it's because it's it never happened. 28. Good guys win. We're going to pull it out. We're going to pull it out, man. Oh, look, let's make a man. bet right now, shotguns. Let's make a bet. If. If Washington loses, I gotta go on the Washington Football Addicts page with a. Oh, it didn't not, happen. Photoshop. We're not this go. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's, it's gonna finish. Packers are my daddy sign or something like that. Yeah, you. Not saying that's too gay. I'm gonna say uh, <laughs> Green Bay. On a, I love Green Bay. I love so Green good. Bay. I love Green Bay. Phil made another comment, but we'll, we'll we'll leave it at that. Okay, so we got it right now. That there, the proof is in the pudding. There's your proof. I think we're good. All right, Sunday's podcast. I'll have it and I'll put it up, post it up. Okay, fair enough. All right, let me start logging these these predictions. Antonio Brown predicting skins twenty four seventeen, bro. Look at you, twenty four seventeen. So the spread is three. It is a pick 'em. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a close game. Yeah. So, Shotguns has given us 24-17 as well. Look at that. Hey, if 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 it is 24-17 Washington football team, Shotguns and Antonio Brown, we will do something to break this tie. We'll figure something out. I got Grubhub coming. The other one gets Rod's uh, jersey. <laughs> Ryan Grant jersey. I, I got some Grubhub coming. It's going to be tasty. Grubhub. What did you order from Grubhub? Something from El Mazelon. It's a... Uh, <laughs> It's a quesadilla, but it's like a fajita quesadilla. Yeah. Okay. Well, and this episode is brought to you in part by Wild Turkey Rare Breed. If you haven't tried it, oh, very snap. good. Highly where's recommend. That, where's that made at? Where's that made at? Oh, Kentucky. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey barrel proof. Wild Turkey Distilling Company. This, this podcast is also brought to you by Tullamore Dew. Mine's oh, brought no. to you by Mr. Pickle, the... Uh, we pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, shout outs. Deb, you got any shout outs today? Uh, shout out to uh, all the wonderful uh, people in our chat, uh, Cordero, Tion, uh, and others such as, I forgot the guy's name. Antonio. Thomas, that's what I'm trying to go. Thomas Antonio, yeah. Um, thank you guys for stopping by, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Much, much, and my Knicks are busting or beating the Bulls. I think, yeah, we're up by eight. Going yeah, to the, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Watch the hey, Montrez Harold look not as nice. 
Russ, Louisville. Six man of the year. Just wait. We'll see. He's going to take nah, over. Derek uh, Rose is getting that, dog. I'm going <laughs> yeah, to break some good news to Steve. Who's that? Should he start today? Wizards beat the Hawks 122-111. Nice. Yeah, Montre- Four and one. Yeah, give, give him Montreal Harrell's numbers, though. Tell 19 Montre- the numbers Harrell's tonight. Field. Tell him Montreal Harrell's number, Phil. 23 and seven. I'm just guessing. I don't know. What did Montrez get? Hold on. It's all over Twitter. Ain't talking about it. They, they say anybody. It was that good, huh? 25, 25 points, 13 rebounds, five assists. Ooh, he started. He got he's a nice surprise. Now, yeah, because uh, he started because uh, of injuries. Yeah. yeah. Who you got for shout-outs, Bill? Uh, Shout-out to the Wizards for starting four and one. Because, uh, you know, I'd like to see us be the ones to contend with the Knicks for the Eastern Conference crown this year. Yeah. I, I, I think that I think that the Knicks are going to be contenders this year. And, you know, hopefully the Wiz finally have put together the right combination of players. Um, shout out to the people in our group, whether you're, you know, an old school head who is, you know, knows how it goes or if you're one of these new guys who doesn't um and and doesn't understand the vibe that we put out there and the fact that we are you know objectively critical and objectively dishing out of praise that's how we are um whether you're in the we're one owner away from a super bowl dynasty or if you're in the camp of we need to blow it up and fire everybody and draft, get 53 draft picks for the following season and get all rookies or whatever, whatever it is. Shout out to you. You help grow this group. You help expand it. You help drive the conversation. All right. Cool. Antonio Brown, HTTR. That's right. HTTR. We're still over here screaming HTTR. Hey, we got a name coming. It's going to be, what do they say, right before the Super Bowl? Right after the Super Bowl. I can't remember. It's coming. Who's smart? You can't mess it if up. If they're smart, they should do it right before the Super Bowl. Yes. If they somehow. They're going to do it right when they drop them. They're going to do it right when they drop them emails. It will get <laughs> buried. <laughs> it will get buried before the Super They should. They should put it before the Super Bowl, but I think it's going to be after the Super Bowl. Man, they're going to hold it right when they drop their emails. When the emails are going to drop. The new name is that's exactly what's going to happen. The new name they is send email. the emails. In a, probably in the send, emails. They should send the emails in printed form in a package yeah. that comes from an organization with our new name on it. It's probably in the emails. The Washington, not Red Wolves. You know, so I was researching earlier not, and not another really. reason. No, another reason that I think that, that they're hesitant to mess any of this up is because you could potentially – so they have this massive – the teams don't – they're making money, but they're making their money from the TV revenue deals, $3.4 billion. I mean, I don't know what the NFL's cut of that is, but if you just spread that 32 ways, that's $106,250,000. That's a lot. of That was 2020 and 2021. That's crazy. And then, of course, Dan's fine for that. The team's fine for that was $10 million. And it, just, so, and it just goes up. And it just goes up. So what the fine Dan had to pay was 10% of the TV revenue. That's not counting anything else. So <clears throat> he was left with $96 million when it was all said and done, from, just from TV revenue. And that and you can be 0-16 every year, and you're still getting that money because it's evenly split. That's crazy. We're in the wrong business, fellas. We should own our own damn football team. My brother was oh, yeah, yeah. Clearly, 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 clearly. Hey, sh- I don't have any major shout outs today. You know, shout out to Phil, shout out to Dev. Um, we appreciate everyone who comes by the stream on a regular basis. This is it's always fun. Tiho, Antonio Brown, Thomas Millen. I know there's other folks out there who always come by. Cody Jones, Justin Sawyer. You guys are the regulars. We appreciate you. Um, and if you like what we're doing, please, you know, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go go subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your uncle. Tell your uncle Kool-Aid. Go subscribe. Go tell subscribe your mama. To the YouTube channel. Tell your auntie. That's right. That's right. I, Dev, you're muted. I, I, I'm guessing. I think I know what you're saying. I'm not really sure. 
I think you're talking to me. I'm not sure who you're talking Dev to. Is, you have this was, man, on. We've never seen Dev and he's muted. I don't know who he's talking to, but for the for the audio crowd, Dev thinks he's talking, but he's muted, so we don't know what he's doing. Anyways, <laughs> hey, we appreciate you guys. We will catch you guys Sunday, I guess, around four o'clock. Maybe a little bit prior for a pregame pregame it's stream. So weird doing it then, but yeah. yeah, it will be very weird. Maybe we'll have to do it back at the normal time just just to keep our our minds right. But we appreciate you, everybody, and we'll we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Please tune in uh, Sunday, early Sunday for the uh, pregame show, and then as always, peace and hail.